Hi, welcome to Teen Talk, a podcast where Jewish teens from around the world can send in questions and we'll explore the answers right here on this platform. Visit our website, jewishteentalk.com, to send in anonymous questions for a future episode. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Jewish Teen Talk. Your host, Shua. I'm here with Sroli. Hey, everybody. Hey, Sroli. How's it going? I'm very happy to have Sroli with us today. And um, Sroli is someone who um, speaks from his heart. And uh, and we're glad to have your perspective. So today we have a very interesting question, which I think many people struggle with or grapple with. Um, the And the question is as follows. The guys in my class are constantly getting high. I was always told that drugs are the worst thing in the world. Now that I think about it, though, marijuana is much less harmful for the body than alcohol is. And marijuana is now legal. So why not use weed? That's the question. So, you know, I think what we're talking about here, and in Jewish Teen Talk, we always try to address the questioner. And along the way, we somehow get to answer the question as well. But I think it's very important to try to see where the question is coming from. And here we're talking about, there's a few points that really uh, jump out from this uh, uh, question. First of all, we're talking about peer pressure. Um, Guys in the class are doing it. Um, We're talking about, um, you know, the, the way that society's views on drugs are changing. I was always told that drugs are the worst thing in the world. Now people are saying that marijuana is much less harmful than alcohol. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and the legality piece. Uh, so that's all in the question. And then there is that moral or ethical or religious part of the question, which is, you know, the questioner um maybe and it doesn't it's a, from the question it's not clear whether the questioner is um um you know in a yeshiva or in a public school or what the environment is uh but it seems as though there is maybe um pressures from home uh pressures from outside there's there's uh there are standards there's all sorts of aspects to this question. So, Surely, I'll ask you maybe if you have some insight on, I think in general, some 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 psychoeducation around marijuana, that would be very helpful. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm more than happy to share a little bit on it. So first off, I want to agree with you, Shua. There's like a lot in this question. It's not just one question, really. Right. There, all right. Okay. So I, I could definitely share a little bit of my insight on on just from from more of a psychological standpoint. OK, um, you know, so I, I actually did a study. I, I did a research project on marijuana and um, marijuana is actually a fascinating uh, chemical. It's a, it, the, the chemicals within marijuana, THC, CBD are two different. They, they affect the body differently. 
Right. CBD is something that has a more of a calming effect and THC has more of the mind altering, right? perhaps even a hallucinogenic effect. Right. And um, essentially what's happening in your body, not to get too into detail, is, is that the uh, the THC, uh, when it enters your body, it actually latches on to your fat cells. Right. It's what we call a lipophilic. And it's one of the fastest acting drugs in the world. Hmm. Um, within a half an hour, you will be feeling it. Right. Uh, it's very it's very strong, very quick. Um, and it's important to look out uh, and, and to be cautious when thinking about marijuana usage because especially if you're somebody that has, uh, that has where it's slipping my mind, um, schizophrenia in your family. Mm. Uh, you have to be a little bit cautious because there have been uh, research, there have been studies indicating that the use of marijuana can actually trigger uh, schizophrenia right. in people. So that's an important thing to, to point out. Now, back to the question itself, uh, the guys in my class are constantly getting high. I was always told that drugs are the worst thing in the world. Now that I think about it, mar um, though marijuana is much less harmful for the body than alcohol. So I, I think it's also important to, 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 to address that. I don't know if marijuana is actually much less harmful than alcohol. Things are changing. Uh, the world's perspective of marijuana, similar to what Chua said before, is ch it's changing. Correct. We're becoming more accepting of marijuana as a society, not mm. necessarily in the Jewish world, but across society, you'll see many more people are becoming are, are accepting the use of marijuana. However, because more people are accepting the use of marijuana, um, marijuana growers are actually becoming far better at isolating the THC molecules mm. in marijuana and to the point where the the high dosages and the high concentration of of THC in the marijuana that people are smoking nowadays can actually have hallucinogenic effects right meaning they're hitting people a lot harder it's not the same as it was back then where some people could smoke you know a little bit of weed um, smoke a joint and be completely high, fine with it okay. nowadays the marijuana is a lot a lot stronger and it's important especially for younger children for teenagers to be cautious when um you know when making such decisions maybe consult a adult maybe ask somebody that's you know that you respect and have a conversation maybe with mm -hmm. your rabbi maybe it's with uh you know with your mashpia or somebody that you that you respect or even a therapist so and I'll, I'll just jump in here. It's really, I think you're making some wonderful points. The um, makeup, the chemical makeup of marijuana has changed. Um, and the effect, you know, describing the effect of marijuana, describing, you know, if you have a history of mental illness, particularly schizophrenia in the family, and you take marijuana, there is... Um, uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Schizophrenic family. You can, uh, you can have a, a psychosis. Yeah, could experience. Yeah, you can experience um, psychosis. You can you can get into a psychotic state. Um, I think there's important to uh, bring out, um, and I think this goes across the board when when people are, um, you know. Uh, 
taking marijuana or dealing with marijuana or or the, the whole idea of any uh, 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 substance that is a hallucinogen that creates hallucinations or or alternate uh, um, alters reality in some way, um, which is that there is a you know as human beings we have a an emotional um we have an emotional landscape that we um experience throughout throughout our lives and part of growth both as a jew and as a human is to become more emotionally mature and emotionally stable. There is a factor when dealing with marijuana that it's it's almost like a, it seems like a a relief. You know, the soul when it comes when it's in heaven, it's very high. That's the highest that mm-hmm. a soul can accomplish. And coming down on the body is a low. So on a spiritual level, we're trying to regain that high. And, you know, the old saying goes, no pain, no gain. We believe as Jews in the incremental mastery of spiritual progress. And any spiritual progress, there's no highway to spiritual progress. There's no express lane. You know, that's really the the work that needs to be done. Um, yeah, I wanted to add to that actually a little bit. Sure. I, um, and also, like, I, I think I think addressing um, the question again, uh, um, just at the end of the question, it says, and marijuana is now legal, so why not use weed? Hmm. So that's actually touching on a really important question in my mind, which is just because something is legal, does that mean that I should use it? Right. There are places in the world where drugs that are a lot more intense than marijuana are legal. It doesn't mean that everyone should use them. A big part of what, why marijuana was made legal isn't because everyone's saying, oh, now it's okay. Some of it might be that. And that's another that's another story. But also, to some extent, it's saying, hey, let's reallocate our resources as a country to f- to focus more on helping the people who are struggling mm. as opposed to putting people in prison. Right. So I wouldn't necessarily say that because something is legal that it should be used. Similar to that, you, you know, if, if, if alcohol just because alcohol is legal doesn't mean everybody should drink alcohol. Mm. Right. Cigarettes are legal, too. Right? Cigarettes are legal as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think um, I think that's a very good point. In other words, the fact that it's legal does not t- uh, uh, talk to its um, healthiness for you or or its suitability for you as a, as a person. Um, right. We could add to that also that um, I think it's important for us as Jews to look at it. You know, just because something is legal or not doesn't necessarily affect how we view it as a, as a Jewish person. And I think this ties into what you were saying before, is that as Yidin, we're, we're spiritual people. We have a, a connection and we have a journey that we're on here in this world. Right. And 
And just because something is made legal by the, you know, the judicial system doesn't necessarily mean that that's the right thing for us to do. Doesn't right. mean it's the wrong thing. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to take a side on this, but it also doesn't guarantee that it is the right thing for, for us to do. And I also wanted to just take, take a moment to, to, to feel this, what this guy is going through. Like he has a friend, he has multiple friends who are always, you know, getting high. Um, mm. That's a lot to handle. Right. Peer pressure is real. You know, the, when, when everyone is doing something, it's right. hard to be the only person in the room, not, not doing it. Um, so I think that's a very good point. We, I think it's very important here to bring in a letter of the Rebbe. The Rebbe um, was once asked by someone, can I use LSD, which is the um, an extreme hallucinogenic, a narcotic, um, and the Rebbe writes, and this is the Rebbe's words, I'm in receipt of your letter, which you write in the name of your friends and in your own behalf, and ask my opinion regarding the new drug called LSD, which is said to have the property of mental stimulation, etc. Biochemistry is not my field, and I cannot express an opinion on the drug you mention, especially as it is still new. However, what I can say is that the claim that the said drug can stimulate mystical insight, etc., is not the proper way to attain mystical inspiration, even if it had such a property. The Jewish way is to go from strength to strength, not by means of drugs and other artificial stimulants, which have a place only if they are necessary for the physical health, in accordance with the mitzvah to take care of one's health. I hope that everyone will agree that before any drugs are taken, one should first utilize all one's natural capacities. And when this is done truly and fully, I do not think there will be a need to look for artificial stimulants. Deborah continues, mm -hmm. I trust that you and your group, in view of your yeshiva background, have regular appointed times for the study of Torah and the inner aspects of the Torah, namely the teachings of Hasidus. And that such study is in accordance with the principle of our sages, namely, the essential thing is the deed, the actual conduct of the daily life in accordance with the Torah and mitzvot, prayer, tefillin, kashrut, etc. This is only a matter of will and determination, for nothing stands in the way of the will. So I, th I think that's one point to bring out that, you know, as we spoke before, the incremental increase in spiritual development or in attaining a, a spiritual high, whatever that looks like, you know, it, it needs to go step by step. Right. This is actually, this, this ties in a lot to just physical and mental health in general. Um, what you're touching on here, the idea of incremental growth, what's actually happening to the body when someone's smoking weed is your, um, there is an over an overdose of dopamine actually, um, your dopamine receptors are overwhelmed with tremendously high amounts of dopamine. Mm. And, uh, and what happens when you do that 
it could be really with any um, any stimulant, even coffee. If you have excess amounts of coffee, it's probably not too good either because you're you're getting you're, you're overwhelming yourself with energy and, and hype. And and it's like um, it's artificial. Right. It, it, it doesn't come natural. And uh, and what that could do in the in the long run is it can make it really difficult to just do things, so to speak. Right. Just simply take actions, even when they're uncomfortable, do the dishes, you know, let's say you have to do the dishes, but, ah, but it's, it's, I don't want, I'm going to push it off. I'm going to do something else. It becomes difficult to be responsible for some, I'm not going to say for everyone in Mm day-to-day life, it becomes difficult to show up in relationships. It becomes difficult to, for a lot of people, it slows them down. Yeah. So these are some things to be aware of before making a decision. Of right. if, or if not and i think yeah. i think we, we we touched on 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 the biology of of chemical dependence and it's very important when we're talking about addiction and in episode 18 we touched a little bit on the idea of addiction and i'd like to go into that a little bit more today so we're talking about the bi- biology of addiction um is chemical dependence and whether that's a process or a substance, the idea is the same is that the body develops a dependence on a substance. And the, the, the problem with looking only at the biological model is that if, if it were only a, bi- a biological issue, then people could you know, go to rehab, sober up, and then they would never have a problem with drugs or with addiction in their lives. Right. So it cannot only be about the biological model. You know, um, therapists might view it from a mental health model. Mm-hmm. And it's an illness of the mind. And then, you know, an illness of the mind. So it's a mental health issue, which means that just like psychology psychotherapy has many effective cures for all sorts of mental illnesses psychology and psychotherapy should have an effective cure for addiction mm-hmm. and they don't no they don't right we can explain yeah. to people why even let's say food a person who's overweight can be told why food is not you know, the types of food that they're eating is not good for that body. And they have this desire to stop. And yet they'll still go and eat those exact foods that are not good for them. Right. Um, I would, I would take a, a, just a, a moment to, to add here that uh, if you or somebody that you love is struggling with addiction it probably is a good idea to 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 go for some form of therapy. Ask, you know, and, and and you can reach out, I think, to the show. I think there's a lot of resources out there and they can definitely point you in the right direction. Um, Absolutely, you yes. Know, and there's not, help. Yes. And the point that I'm bringing out is not to knock therapy. I think that there are therapies that are very effective and there are therapies that can help a person understand what they're actually really looking for. Right. And that, you know, in other words, what is what is addiction and what is it not? There's like a spiritual as- aspect. Exactly. To that. I think that's what you're exactly. kind of at, yeah. 
right? So it's it, we can't say it's a moral issue because addicts are the most sensitive people in the world. Addicts right. will will tell you that they're full of remorse. They don't want to be doing what they're doing. They're torn internally. They have an internal strife and battle. Um, so it's not a moral issue. It's not a biological issue. And it's not only a mental health issue. The issue is addiction. In other words, life is an issue for addicts. And the addiction that they're finding is their solution. And that's important for people to know. In other words, if, and and again, you know, not uh, um, saying an opinion on, um, I mean, it's clear from, from the Rebbe's letters that, you know, uh, it's not so, not the path for a, a Jewish person, to, to to achieve spirituality in that way. Um, but the, 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 the main point is that if we're trying to run away from life and the solution is marijuana, that is more of an issue than the marijuana itself. Right. It's funny, actually, this made me think that you're, you're reading the Rebbe's letter before and he was, the Rebbe, the Rebbe did say that like in certain instances, um, for health reasons, it may make sense for somebody to use chemicals or or, 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 or or some form of some drug or medication to, you know, once once all natural uh, options, you've exhausted all the natural options, you can, yeah. you know, go down the chemical path. And that might be a reason why it was legalized. A lot of people that, you know, that argue for the legalization of marijuana say point to its medicinal benefits. Right. There um, is, you know, uh, people who are experiencing um, cancer, uh, you know, God protect us, uh, will use marijuana to lessen the, the pain that they're experiencing. Um, many it, different bodily pains, back pain, yeah. you know, a lot of different, um, yeah. a lot of different physical pains. Marijuana actually has that bodily effect. Right. There's but people, many people don't go there for their, just for the, um, just for the pleasure of it. You know, people right. use it for real legitimate reasons. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I think what, what people need to consider is if marijuana or whatever substance or process they're using, is that their problem or is that their solution? Yeah, it's interesting, actually, also that going back to the question, once again, um, the fact that you brought up the use of alcohol and, and, and you know, I, I I don't necessarily agree with how alcohol was used in, in my you know childhood and in my upbringing. Mm. I think we um, I think I had access to a lot more alcohol than I needed to be consuming in right. yeshiva. And uh, I'm not going to put down any of the, the, the rabbis and, and any of the ways that they felt, you know, was was how to get there, uh, was it was the way to get to spirituality. But I do think that a lot of spirituality can be experienced simply by sitting and talking and connecting mm. and, and just far bringing exactly in the body and as the person that you are. Yeah, yeah. Um, so 
you know, and, and, and um, you know, when we're talking about using alcohol for a purpose, um, you know, in, in yeshiva, it's used to, the way that they describe it is to take away a little bit of the animalistic desires and allow the soul to um, be open to hearing. So overindulgence and becoming um, and becoming intoxicated doesn't serve that purpose. Right. Well, Rebbe said not more than four. So right, yeah. I, I let's just say I had access to a little bit more than just four. <laughs> right, understood. Understood. And yeah. That's yeah. Um. So I think that. You know, to 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 uh, recap what we've uh, discussed, marijuana is a hallucinogenic that has um, become could be could be hallucinogenic. I wouldn't could say be hallucinogenic. It has a CBD properties as well. Yeah. The THC is hallucinogenic. The THC in marijuana has become more potent over the years. Yeah. Um, because of its legalization, there are um, there are medicinal purposes for using marijuana. Um, marijuana, I think we brought out an important point is that if for in the in the in the pursuit of spirituality to try to get high, the soul wants to get high, and the soul came from on high, and it went down to this world. The 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 real goal and and way to achieve spirituality is incremental level by level and not through the use of uh substances um and we also uh discussed this idea that you know looking at all the models of 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 viewing addiction and again as mentioned in 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 episode 18 um, this idea of addiction, and we didn't cover it as, as, as much, addiction is a solution. And, you know, what what is, and I think this is not something that we've mentioned previously, but what is it about addiction it's extreme discomfort and uneasiness with life. Yep. And the person is using that substance or that process to medicate those feelings. And once the addict discovers this process or substance and its use for making them feel less uncomfortable, scared, frustrated, hurt, alone, the addict can cannot do without their substance, their addiction, as much as we cannot go without air. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and the solution is spirituality. The solution to addiction at least in the in the Alcoholics Anonymous model, is d- developing a spiritual connection. Right. I think it's also important to point out that the effects that marijuana have on teenagers, as opposed to fully developed ad- adult brains, um, are different. When you're a teenager, your brain is still developing. 
So my advice to this particular person would probably be to give yourself some time, let mm. your brain develop, you know, make that, make that decision at some point when you're, when you're a fully grown adult right. and don't deprive yourself of the full potential and experience. That you, an experience of living life exactly as you are. You're an amazing guy. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah. I, all my listeners are amazing people. And I'm sure particularly this, this questioner. <laughs> okay. All right. So we have another question. I'm not sure we'll have time for many more, but let's uh, try to tackle this one. And this, read it? Please, really. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, I'm in school, but I have a really hard time. I do my best concentrating and following what the teacher is saying, but I don't always get such good marks. School is always hard, and I just don't know what to do. I used to be a more of a louder kid, a louder student, but this year I decided I wanted to do really well. I paid attention in class, barely talk, but for some reason, some teachers pick on me, and it really bothers me when I know I'm not doing anything. What should I do? Yeah. Lots of pain, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh, um, I really, it's really School's hard. Tough. School is tough for a lot of kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, especially like in, in our, in a lot of ways, school was built on, um, built in a, in, in a way that, almost like a like a mass production line in some in some ways and some of that feeds into how how you know how available teachers are uh and the attention that they're able to give children right. so so you know what i'm hearing here is is that maybe this uh maybe this teenager needs a little bit of recognition um um and maybe they're not receiving the attention the the positive feedback and reinforcement that they need and that really hurts me to hear yeah yeah i mean i i think what you're talking about um was referenced by sir ken robertson rob robinson i hope somebody was able to find it, it was a ted talk and he spoke about maybe you can look it up while, while i'll we're... look it up yeah absolutely um, he spoke about, he gave a TED talk on the education system and how it was, um, it, it, it did come from society co going from an individual, um, you know, craftsman building things to production lines and production line means that, um, people are able to mass produce lots of things in the same way over and over and over again the same process can be used and they tried to apply that to education yeah so what that means is that for most kids um they can go through school and they can fit themselves into the system and they can get by and then there are sensitive kids who will go into the system and the system doesn't work for them um, and Albert Einstein has this quote. I love this quote. He says, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, 
it will spend its entire life thinking that it's an idiot. Right? Some of us yeah. are, you know, and the monkey is going to excel at that. And maybe the 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 jaguar is going to do better. Um, and uh, and the the alligator is at least going to be able to get out of the water. And the fish is going to just constantly fail. Right? But we're, right. we're it's the same system, the same test for all different types of people. And some of us are just more sensitive. Right. Yeah, I think it's important to like look at at really what a person is. So if you look at if you look at production lines, for example, yeah. the first real production line probably being um or or most famous one being um Ford, you know, Ford Motors Motors, where um what they did was there let's say you have a a, a a an engineer who's able to build a, an entire car from start to finish mm. on their own. And that's great but you want to build 10 cars and it takes them a year to build one car. So there's two ways you can go about it. You can either hire 10 engineers to build 10 cars, or you can break down that process and simplify it. And because you're working with a, you know, a material, you know, metal aluminum or whatever it is, you can break it down into specific processes and have a production line where at, you know, at this point, the motor's made at this point, the body's built at this point, the, the wheels and the, the axles and everything are, it's all put together. And then, um, and then, and then you have a, a car and the car works hopefully. Yeah. However, with, with people, we're a lot more complex. Hmm. We've got inner workings. We have emotions. We have um, anishama. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot going on inside of us. Right. And for some people, the way the system is built is perfect. It's exactly what they need. And they excel in it. And they're successful because it's built in a way that caters to who the, to who they are as a person. Right. However, for other people, it can be really difficult Maybe if you're someone who doesn't have that zitzflesh and is not able to sit and, but you're a Mephtsayim monster. You're a fanatic. You can kill it. You, you know, you go out in the streets, you have a table, you have five tables, you know, and, and you're, you're killing it. But then you come back to, to, to the yeshiva and you can't sit and, and, and think and learn in the same, in the same way. And that doesn't make you any less, any less of a person or any less successful than your friend who, Maybe couldn't be as successful on Mifzayim. Maybe yeah. didn't have the, you know, what it takes to go over to, to a stranger and put on film with them. Right. So yeah. I, I want to tie this in because the, the questioner, what I'm hearing is this question of, I, I'm doing all the right things. I'm paying attention. I'm trying my best. And I'm still not, you know, I'm getting, uh, um, I think the questioner mentioned, I don't have the question in front of me, certainly, but the questioner mentioned other students. Was there difficulty with other students or from the teacher? So, yeah, the teacher is picking on him. That's a really, that's a really difficult one. Yeah. The teacher's picking and, and uh, paying attention, doing what he's doing, and he's not getting the recognition he deserves. Yeah. So what that ties into, what I heard there, and maybe I'm just hearing stuff, really, but what I heard there is a broader question about why when I'm doing all the right things, do all the right things not happen to me? Absolutely. No. Right? Like it's, it's a on. much bigger question 
than just school. It's, it's, you know, go out into the world and we want to do the right stuff and do good and expect that good is going to happen back. And it doesn't always work that way. And how do we wrap our minds around that? And that's the idea that, you know, Hashem, when Hashem created the world, he created it with a mix, an evil, an equal mix of evil and good. And yeah. when we go out into the world, we are faced with a choice and it's an equal choice. We can do good and we can do evil. And evil has to be an equally valid choice for the decision to turn away from evil to have any uh, um, validity, to have any any um, importance. If evil were obviously a bad choice, it wouldn't make a difference that we turned away from it. Um, and the, the but the, the the fact that evil and good are so mixed up means that um, essentially. God needs to be hidden because if God were revealed, it would be obvious what's good and what's bad. So God needs to be hidden. And when God is hidden, good can look bad and bad can look good. From our perspective, we don't see things that happen for when they happen or why they happen. We don't see how the world is always running in a way that's obviously good Um and we experience pain and we experience unfairness. And uh, so I just wanted to validate this question as being really a broader question. And that this is something that, you know, as human beings and as Jews and as people who try to serve God and are going to throughout our lives, try to figure out what's the best way to go about things. Uh, it's going to be something that we struggle with. Yeah. By the way, you got it right, Sir Ken Robinson. Ken um, Robinson. Okay. Yeah, Robinson. Robinson. Do, school, do schools kill creativity? Was the yeah. name of the podcast. <laughs> um, Spoiler alert, <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Guys, yeah. don't watch it. Right. Um, um, yeah. No, what you were saying is it was really great over there. It is. It does seem to point to a broader question. This idea of Things are not fair in life. Yeah. Things are not fair. Yeah. We can try really hard to 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 do the right thing. And, you know, uh, something that you can look forward to or, or learn from this, I think, is that in life, a lot of a lot of really amazing things come from a place of pain and discomfort. Mm. Um, in general, failure and and discomfort is a pre uh, um is a predecessor to success you, you ask any uh, did i use the wrong word no i no. just wanted to i have this other quote that always bangs around in my head rock bottom is the solid foundation upon which i built the rest of my life wow that's beautiful i actually never heard that one yeah that's a beautiful one very very powerful rock bottom is the solid foundation on which i built the rest of my life yeah I mean, you look at look at the creation of a diamond. Take a coal and put it under pressure, and it creates a diamond. You know, yeah. birth—the idea of birth, where you have to have destruction in order to create something 
beautiful the, the life life itself or a seed right. a seed needs to be destroyed before it can grow into something right you know and uh, talking about ted talks yeah. um <laughs> there's a great ted talk and i can't remember exactly who it's by right now but talks about um what is the key factor to success this was a, a a researcher who also was was looking into what what's the key factor of success in a company and employees and uh and people who are who are successful in life what makes them successful and believe it or not it's not intellect it's not how smart you are it's not how you know em, em, even emotionally intelligent you are maybe not how good you are at interacting with people necessarily what it really boils down to is grit um grit having grit so sticking it out through the hard times a person who's willing to can keep on pushing and striving you know and, and growing right. as opposed to giving up i think what you're doing here uh this is addressing the person who asked the question putting your head down working hard learning doing your best will pay off in the long run it will pay off having that grit is something that will lead to success. And even though it can feel very, very uncomfortable at times. Um, yeah. you're, you're, I, I think it's, it's important to clarify that the success that we're referring to is not necessarily achieving everything that you want or not having bad things happen to you. It's the success right. of uh, uh, um, going through difficult things and not giving up. That right. success itself. Right. And understand that sometimes the the place the the place that destination in our mind that we're heading to can change and it can turn into something else. Yeah. You are a success, exactly as you are. That is true. Yeah, you're you're a success exactly as you are. But at the same time, and at the same time, if you keep up what you're doing, it's going to lead you to a place where you're going to feel really like grateful and satisfied in life right a place of growth that's place of growth yeah. yeah thank you for this really that's wonderful no all right everybody uh thank you, thank you so much it's really for joining us today thank you for having thank me talk. it's always a pleasure talking yeah it's awesome uh so as always please send in your questions to jewishteentalk.com we welcome your comments your supports any references any ideas yep. that you want to share. If you'd like to be featured in a future episode, please let us know. And if you want to donate as well or sponsor an episode, uh, you're welcome to do that at jewishteentalk.com. Uh, have a wonderful week, everyone. Take good care. Thank you for listening, and please tune in next week for our new episode.